0: Alessandra, welcome to the show. So excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I want to talk with you about the amazing creative, all of the amazing creative things that you do. But I want to start with your best-selling book, I Used to Have a Plan. Can you talk about the writing and the illustrating of this book and why you say it was like a masterclass in self-guided therapy?
1: Yes. Oh, gosh. Well, that was my first endeavor into the book world. Um, I have always been creative, and um, I think I pivoted into drawing my feelings. It's kind of how I refer to it um, shortly after uh, my my marriage ended, and it was just for me, I at the time used Instagram as an outlet to just express myself, to unburden myself. And um, it was very cathartic for me. Uh, I started posting very regularly and got got a pretty good following of people that reached out and just commiserated or said, gosh, I feel like that too. And as much as um, I hope I was helping people, it really helped me too to recognize that I wasn't alone and I wasn't the only person going through what I was going through. Now, I never really had the idea to thread together a bunch of these illustrations, but my literary agent now, uh, at the time she was not my literary agent, her name's Kate Woodrow, um, she reached out to me in direct message and said, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I think some sort of book could be here. And it just kind of happened like that. We hopped on uh I think it, that was Skype back then. I'm not even sure. And, um, it wasn't Zoom because COVID hadn't happened and Zoom wasn't really as popular. And, um, we came up with a plan and pitched around to a bunch of publishing, uh, companies and landed with Harper. And, um, so began my process of making a book. And it really, as you said, was a, a real learning experience for me because I kind of had to not just look at my uh, immediate emotions, but really see the bigger picture.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the fact that you said you started posting your art more frequently when you were going through this time of your divorce, you know, how do you think had this idea of sadness? Because, you know, certainly over the last couple of years, We've had such strong emotions, right? The pandemic has really brought emotions to the forefront. Uh, it's also brought in an enormous amount of additional stress. I mean, even if you weren't somebody who... Had to let's say suddenly start to deal with kids being at home that you had to you know help um, you know teach them suddenly you had to become a teacher in addition to everything else you were even if that wasn't your situation but you were just somebody who was concerned right we were all concerned about getting sick and and that and the, what that does how that affects us mentally. can you talk a little bit about how you think we can channel that type of that sadness or uncertainty to really start to ignite our own creativity? Absolutely. Well,
1: to begin, I think number one, you're spot on about the pandemic and it was this overwhelming sense of anxiety or, um, stress for everybody. And I think we're all sort of still dealing with this residual effects of that time. But what was interesting about the pandemic, it was it was almost like a big pause where we all had a moment to really reflect. And for me, I can say individually, I took that time and thought, wow, where am I? Where do I want to be? And how do I want to get there? And Art for me became a, a tool for me to work through what was going on. And one thing I did during the pandemic, which I don't know if you ever noticed was I, I uh, did a call on my Instagram and said, if anybody, friend, neighbor, stranger wants to chat with me, I'll do your portrait. And it was called The Space Between You and Me. And I spoke to 50 different people in all different parts of the world during the pandemic. And the one commonality was that people felt this is a point for me to really reflect.
0: I mean, that resonates, I think, so much. It's something that we talk a lot about on the show, too, that, that there is something about going through a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation experience like one that we've had to kind of wake us up to the fact that maybe there are things that we want to shift or change. Can you talk a little bit about how did you evolve the, okay, I'm going through this difficult experience, there's this sadness, to turning it into, to changing your perspective so that it became more of a positive force for creativity for you?
1: I think prior to big events, for example, going through um, an end of marriage and then later while I was making the book, I, I my mom became sick and that was even greater for me, heavier for me. I think these moments of lows and these moments that kind of shake you out of your norm really help you. Learn to appreciate the moments that those small moments of joy, those everyday moments that you might gloss over. And I think although at the time um, I never thought I would get out of loss or grief, I recognized that I didn't have to escape it, that I could leave it and also experience other aspects of life, surprise, happiness, joy, friendship. And when I would walk down the street and my daughter would still want to hold my hand, those feelings were even more magnified with the experiences that were painful. Having this relationship with your emotions, I think is what I wanted to get to. Understanding your emotions and understanding that things undulate in life and there are peaks and there are valleys, I think allow room for you to understand your own creativity and understand your boundless limits. Before I used to be afraid to say launch a new line or write a book because what if I didn't do a good job? And I think these experiences of failure or loss make you realize that nothing has to be
0: perfect. And it's all about the
1: journey and it's all about the getting there
0: yeah well and you're okay so you're bringing up so many things that i want to just see if we can delve a little bit deeper into the first thing that i i want to highlight that you said is this idea that failure isn't fa- isn't fatal and i think that there Absolutely. is something about that recognition that is freeing it's if you if you recognize that okay this i failed at this thing right i had a uh experience where i thought this was going to work and it didn't work right a divorce can be seen people can see that as a failure but it's also the recognition that it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be the thing that you can't pick yourself up from and move forward right it's a thing that happens but it's something that you can move forward from and i i think that that's one of the key things that i have learned in life and maybe when we're younger especially given the way that our like our school systems work so in talk in thinking about creativity, right? I, I I, am a big believer that within each of us, whether you think of yourself, you know, I mean, I don't think of myself as an artist, but I think in each of us, we have some form of creativity. How can somebody tap into that? So let's say you're somebody like me. I'm not Talented as 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 an artist, I can't pick up uh, a pen and illustrate, or I can't I can't pick up a paintbrush and 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 do something that I, I objectively looks to maybe looks beautiful. But it's so important, I think, for each of us to explore our creativity. What advice do you have for people like me and maybe like some of our listeners who? don't consider themselves to be talented from an artistic standpoint, but we want to explore our creativity. What what should
1: we do? I wouldn't define myself as a traditionally talented artist in terms of having the technique um, or the mastery of a lot of different art mediums. But what I do think helps me, and I certainly think it can help everybody, is to create a creative habit. And that means to keep repeating and trying. So for example, maybe you say every day for 30 minutes, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to allow myself this time to explore my creativity. And that could be a little smiley face. And that could be like a little doodle, or that could be a couple of words. You work that muscle you work that creative muscle and you keep going and every day you come back and some days you're not going to have any ideas and some days they're going to flow. And I think that that, you know, I see it, you know, in my daughter, for example, when she goes to dance, I mean, I don't have rhythm. I don't think she inherited a ton of rhythm, but she's getting better and better because she goes every day and she's just repeating. Uh, and I think that that can be similar in so many things, including creativity. But then the other, the other tip is not to judge yourself and just say, you know what? I'm not this artist, uh, but this is how I'm going to express myself and I'm just going to keep it up. And then the final little piece is try to find your own style and stick with it. So try to create your own Perspective. So maybe that means, you know, for me, I like to use words and um, I use, like to use myself as self-deprecating humor and a lot of things. And um, you can find your own little niche and, and it shows up again if you keep that creative habit going.
0: I love that advice because what it really highlights is it's not about the end point. It's about the process of doing it. It's about the practice of doing it. So there's a practice of like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like you said, you talked about your daughter going to dance over, you know, and she keeps doing it. So there is something about sticking with it and doing it and building it as like a muscle. Creativity is a muscle we're exercising.
1: But you just have to allow, give yourself permission to be creative. You can't, and I know that I did this for a long time. I come from a background of more um, fashion and um, uh, advertising, illustration, and design. And I never thought my perspective or my point of view would be important to anyone. So why should I put it out there? And it, it needs to be important to you and you need to want to share that. Yeah, well,
0: and even if it's with just yourself, And I think we are so, we, we've become so externally focused and the, what we do for ourselves. And maybe this is also for women in particular, because we do care for others so much. It's so much a part of like, you know, we're, we're maybe having children and we, you know, we have these nurturing, uh, you know, parts of who we are, but we also have to turn that inwardly at ourselves and, and develop that. I, love your, that advice about how to nurture our own creativity in thinking about how we can also take time for self-reflection. I know you have also during COVID, you developed a product. Can you talk a little bit about what that is, like what inspired it and how you can also connect that with taking time and being self-reflective?
1: absolutely so i developed a, a body oil i know it sounds maybe uh, a little obscure but it, it it's it's really something that was born out of my own need and in the during the pandemic i was really um trapped inside and i'm a an extremely social uh extremely visual person and so i get my inspiration from the sunlight on leaves i get my inspiration from walking down the street and seeing what a neighbor's up to or noticing a kid whiz by and cat ears or whatever it is. And when all that went away, I, I couldn't really even do the simplest drawings. So I thought, where else can I find inspiration? And um, I turned to my other senses. We we don't just have visual, we have smell, we have touch. And I started playing around with uh, essential oils um, and they're pretty amazing just when you smell one smell of a floral like jasmine your shoulders might drop just a little bit when you smell some wood you know it might take your memory back somewhere and then I started mixing them with some carrier oils and then just created this ritual of applying it to myself and when you even think about touch applying something to yourself in a nurturing way. I mean, how often do you intentionally care for yourself without just like slapping something on and rushing out? You know, just creating again, I created this ritual of the oil is called A-OK, the brand is called A-OK. So it was almost my mantra, you're A-OK. And I would just sit with myself. Now not only is it uh, my ritual, but it is a really wonderful product and that you know it's moisturizing and nurturing and you can do so much with it but it's just setting these little um, moments for yourself carving this time for yourself to say okay you know what I'm going to take five minutes and I'm going to do something for myself and it all goes hand in hand when my mind relaxes. Let's say my nervous system is in overdrive. If I say, okay, here, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, rub my shoulders a little bit and, oh, that smells so good. And next thing I know, I have my energy back and I'm ready to do something. So, um, that's really where it came from. But then as I've now shifted gears and I'm working on, uh, this, Brand development, I'm creating all kinds of different things that are
0: helpful provisions for good living, is how I like to refer to it. Okay, so I just had this aha moment while you were talking because you started by saying that you were thinking that you, like a lot of us, when COVID happened, our normal routine was interrupted. The way that we get inspiration, the way we get our energy wasn't we were limited from from those things and the way you thought about it is so i mean honestly i have to say i think it's so genius i've never thought about it this way which is think if you're thinking about how do i find inspiration how do i find energy think about your five senses think about the fact that okay there's there is so let's say you can't get inspiration from the sense that you used to be able to get it? Well, there are four other senses. There's taste, there's sound, there's touch, there's smell. Like Think about those different senses as places that you can start to look for inspiration. And wow, like I just have never thought about it that way. But based on what you were saying uh it just became so clear to me that it is it's it's such a brilliant way to start trying to tap into something because so many of us felt, have felt stuck continue to feel stuck with you know what's happened over the last couple of years so how do we get ourselves unstuck how do we find inspiration let's start by thinking about those five senses and look at them one by one and see what resonates because you know, maybe you're the person where taste resonates with you. Uh, maybe you're, and and so, and it's interesting too, because I started thinking about what are the things that did really well? What products, what things did really well? What hobbies increased significantly during COVID? A lot of them related to the census. Well, I want to shift um, to talk a little bit and go back to something that you said earlier. You talked about, you know, your mom got sick. I know that, uh, when you were writing, I used to have a plan, um, your mom passed away and that has led you to the new book that you've written that is coming out imminently, which is Hello Grief, I'll Be Right With You. Can you talk about, about how that process worked for you and how the, even in going through le- the the process of writing the book how that has helped you with your grief
1: yes absolutely so number one i want to just backpedal and say mo i kind of like to consider this one and i used to have a plan as i drew a book just because it is more drawings there's snippets of writing and this book has much more writing in it there's a lot of poetry in there um uh, with this book specifically, I, um, really had a hard time. Um, I had a, my mom was my best friend. Um, we'd certainly had a complicated relationship. She, uh, was also from Dominican Republic and mothers and daughters, as everybody knows, has a, always a funny dynamic, but particularly with her, generation and who she was she had a lot of expectations for me Um not to uh, at all criticize my mom because she was an awesome mother and my number one fan but at the time I wasn't mature enough to understand that some of the things that she would suggest for me like I need to find a guy to take care of me I need to this you know like you need to be neat. You need to look this way. I I took it very personally and didn't understand that that was her way of showing me love. Like that's how she could show love. Um, And it wasn't until after she passed that I, I had all of these learnings of how amazing she was. And I wished I could change some things. And and that's part of the process of grief is you want to go back and you want to um fix things and and they can't be fixed, and it's extremely frustrating. Um, so it, you know it's it's a long conversation, uh, complicated because grief is very individual for everybody. I work as now as the end of life doula, um, and I'm around people that are grieving a lot, and everybody shows up in their own way and their own timeline. Uh, I would never suggest that the way that I've coped with my mother's loss and other things that I've grieved is going to be the same as anybody else's. But what I can recommend is like a theme that we've been saying through this whole podcast is you need to, um at some point, try to face what you're going through and be, you can hide for a little bit, but. Grief shows up, and you know it's. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. There's just going to be days, and that's all okay.
0: I, I am glad you're bringing this up because I had a realization. My father passed away, and it was back in 2017. But there are still some days that his passing and the, that experience of what happened and missing him hits me like a ton of bricks, like as if it had happened just last week. And it's unbelievable. And, and it do. one of the things that I have kind of come to realize about that is mm-hmm. it's, first of all, incredibly important to allow yourself to feel it. To feel the sadness, to feel the loss, even if you're feeling it again after for me, like five years, right? But but the but the other realization I had was that it's it's actually a it's honoring that person that has passed when we grieve them. So I I, when once I had that realization. I decided that I needed to stop beating myself up for how I felt. So even if it did hit me again, like a ton of bricks, as if it had happened last week and it wasn't last week, it was five years ago, that's okay. Because in grieving anew or feeling that sadness, that overwhelming sadness anew, I'm also honoring the memory and and w- w- or honoring this person and what they meant to me. It's essentially
1: saying like grief is just another way of love. Um, it's just a morphed version of love. And absolutely, even just this morning, I was walking back from going down to the. I live in Brooklyn and going down to the main road. And as I was walking back, I I saw a mom, a daughter, a grandma. The daughter was a teen. The mom ran ahead to take a picture of her and the grandma and the teen was like, you know how teens are. They don't want their picture taken. And I, I laughed. I laughed because of the face she made and I laughed at the grandma and I thought, I felt like a little dagger inside my heart because I was like, you know, my, my mom, all she wanted to do was watch my daughter grow up and not being able to have that for her, for me, for Coco. It's to this day, just, it hurts. But but then, you know, what, what to do? Like, how do you move forward? And the way that I've tried to move forward is appreciate the people that are in my life, um, appreciate my friends, appreciate my partner, who he shows up for me all the time, and what I do have. And, I, and that is also another way of showing love to the people that you've lost by, by living.
0: Yes. And honoring them, honoring them. That is the thing too, that um once I recognized that, that, okay, by me having this moment of sadness for them, but also it's an honor to them because I'm remembering them in a moment that they would have wanted to be a part of, right? That like in, in the example you just gave,
1: absolutely,
0: giving them that you know that recognition. Um, it just it, I, if, if for whatever reason, it was a realization for me that actually made me feel so much uh, more okay with the fact that the, that grief comes in waves, and it could be ten years later. It could be longer. So, in thinking about what's next for you, because you've taken things in your life. And you turned them into inspiration. Things that were difficult, turn them into inspiration. What is next?
1: Okay. Well, I definitely am going, you know, AOK is a, is a big part of my next steps. I'm very excited to create tools, if you will, that people can use for having rituals and um, caring for themselves. And I do hope to kind of round out the series of books by having, I Used to Have a Plan, Hello, Grief. And my begin, initial thoughts for the next book are something along the lines of joy and really noticing the little things in life.
0: I love that because one of the things that I have started to do is think about very specific things in my life every day, but specific things that bring me happiness that I'm grateful for. And it's amazing how that changes your the way you approach things. It changes your perspective and it's been so powerful. So I love that joy is this next topic well, I am so grateful for the time you've spent with us today. If people want to follow you and continue to hear all of the the great stuff you're doing, what's next for you, what is the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, you can follow me on instagram it's a o l a n o w and then I also have my new platform, which is feeling a okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. Well, Alessandra, thank you so much for the time you spent with us today. I can't wait for people to hear this episode and all your great insights. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.